Well, hey everybody, welcome to Church Online, and uh, what is really, I guess, four weeks in now, but as far as teaching content goes, part three of our New Normal series. I am so excited to share what I have to share with you today. I think it's going to challenge you and encourage you, but before we go there, I've got huge news. I've got big news to to share with you, and um, I finally get to answer the question that so many of you have been asking, and that is... When can we do church in person together again? And here it is. Are you ready, everybody? July 19th is our official date. We'll be having church in person again for the very first time. Now, I know not all of you are ready for that. Uh, I know not all of us carry the same level of risk uh, when it comes to diseases and, and our bodies and where we should and should not be. And so I know for some of you, uh, you're not going to be here on that day, and I want you to know you're not less a part of this church. Uh, we don't care less about you because of that. Uh, in fact, we're doing everything we possibly can to make sure you feel just as connected on that day as you do uh, hopefully right now. And, um, and, but for everybody else, it's going to be so fantastic to finally get to worship with you in person again. Now, there are some details about this day that aren't worked out yet. And that's because we're responding day by day to the new guidance as it comes out from our state. So June 15th, we'll go to that second phase. Uh, We are kind of anticipating that the 1st of July will be the beginning of that third phase. And, And with each phase, churches are getting, houses of worship are getting new guidance on how we can gather and keep people safe uh, in our environments. And so uh, we will be adjusting on the fly as we get closer to that. Uh, So I can't answer all those questions yet. Questions like, will there be childcare? I don't know. Um, Will we have to wear a face mask when we come in the building? I don't know. Uh, So we'll, we'll share all of that information with you as it becomes available to us. Make sure that you're staying tuned into the social media feeds, uh, the True Life app, and, uh, and we'll get all that information out. Of course, we'll share it on Sundays uh, with all of you, but we'll get all that information out to you as quickly as we possibly can. There will be three service options when we come back, everybody. And part of the reason we're doing this is we were headed there anyway as a church for different reasons. It was because we were full and we needed to create space, especially in a lot of our kids' environments. We were full on Sunday mornings, so we were going to add a third option before COVID-19 kind of reshaped our year this year. Uh, Now we're going to come back at three services for a totally different reason, and that is to make it as easy as possible for us to keep those distancing guidelines in place for people. We're going to be well under the threshold of the number of bodies that is allowed in our building. We're not super worried about that. Uh, We'll do some things in the auditorium to uh, keep people, you know, a little further apart from each other than what uh, we normally do. Um, and, and having that third service will allow us to spread the crowd out uh, even more. So those of you who are the normal 8.30 crowd, uh, those of you who are the normal uh, 10 o'clock crowd, I need, you, I need a whole bunch of you to say, hey, at least for the foreseeable future, 11.30 is going to be my service of choice. That will help us keep the crowds at a safe level at all the services, and we'll get all the rest of the information out to you as quickly as we possibly can as soon as we learn about it. But I'm so excited. I hope you are too. We finally get to do church in person again. And what an awesome, wonderful, beautiful day that's going to be. All right, let's get into the teaching for today. 
we're going to go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. This has been our theme passage now. And it says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, we talked about our spiritual life in week one of this series, your soul, we talked about soul health, emotional health in week two of this series. Last week we heard an incredible message from Pastor Miles McPherson. And we talked about how we can play a part in bringing healing and hope and restoration uh, in our country right now. Today I'm going to kind of continue as we, as we get ready to ex- exit this, this new normal that we've been living in. Uh, it's very important that we still do what we can to stay healthy, spirit, soul, and today we talk about body. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he'll do it. He'll do it. So, um, here's the hard thing about this message. I've got to try to preach a message to you that I'm probably not all that qualified to share. I'm probably not all that qualified to talk about it, especially during this quarantine, during this new normal that we've been living in. I, I, I am right there with a lot of you. Um, uh, probably been eating a little more. Amanda asked me recently, she was like, hey, you, you gonna, uh, you still able to fit into those new smaller size clothes we bought you recently? And I, I had to, I said, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I'm hoping our um, production team is keeping the camera up here uh, while they're taping this message right now. But so um, I'm like a lot of you. In this area of keeping the body healthy, some of us have really struggled to keep the spirit connection healthy. Some of us have really struggled to keep the soul and the emotions healthy. And some of us are really struggling to take care of the body right now. And so what I want to do today is identify some, some patterns that exist in our life, help, help kind of just put our finger on some things that we should be aware of and thinking about. And then I'm going to give us all some some practical steps that we can take to get, get our body back on track and do what it's supposed to do. I, I do think it's important that we laugh a little bit, though, and because um, maybe some of y'all are feeling like this. It, <laughs> how y'all summer body looking? Mine looking like I have a great personality. <laughs> I really wish you all were here because I'd feel so much better if I could hear laughter in the room right now, but I'm going to hope and trust that you're laughing at home, and this is me right now, everybody. This is me. Uh, I'm I'm feeling this. Let's look at what Paul had to say in Romans. Uh, This has actually grown to be one of my favorite passages of Scripture because it's a a place in the Bible where I, I feel like I can identify so much with what Paul is saying. And he says in Romans chapter 7, verse 22, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. So Paul Paul's saying, hey, in, inside, like, I really do love God. Deep down, I love God. I want to serve God. I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, my, my body parts, me. So in my, in my soul, my spirit, I want to please God. But there's this other thing that goes on in me, and it's a war, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner, I don't know if you've ever felt that way, of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Paul, Paul's just, he's frustrated with himself. 
who will rescue me from this body of death? And if we're not careful, that's what it becomes. This this body isn't going to last forever, but God has asked us to steward it during the time that we have. And I I need to get better at that. Some of you watching this right now need to get better at that, to to steward this body that that God has given us. And there's there's three areas I want to draw your attention to today that tend to be the areas where we don't take care of our body. And here's the first one, and that's through addiction. It's when we... It, when, when our body is in control and, and when we're, even though we love God and we don't want to sin, sometimes we can still struggle with this. We can struggle with these, these, these things that we find ourselves doing and we don't really know why we're doing it. We don't even want to be doing it, but we don't know how to stop doing it. It's addiction. Paul says it this way, therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. That's what's happening. When, when addiction is taking control, sin is reigning. It's calling the shots. Don't do that so that you obey its evil desires. Don't, don't offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God. For sin shall not. For sin shall not. Some of us just need to say that over and over right now. For sin shall not be my master. It's not going to be my master. And when addiction flares up in our lives, and the truth is, 100% of the people on planet Earth have an area of their life or two or three where they're prone to some kind of addiction. Some of us are more prone to addictive behaviors than others. Uh, if, it's, if it's me, my addiction would be um, uh, an, an eating addiction. I just, I, I, I enjoy food probably way too much, way more than I should. Uh, for some, it's a, it's a substance that they might drink or take or a pill or a needle or for some it's a website you're clicking on and Paul's saying hey don't let it we don't want sin to be our master we want Jesus to be our master let me help you identify addiction in your life here's here's how we know if if we're dealing with addiction is is ask yourself this question can I go can I go one week without it can I like I I'm just going to be honest with you right now I could not go one week without a coffee. I can't. can't. All right? So that, there there probably is a legitimate addiction for me, uh, maybe around caffeine or or coffee. Thankfully, that's not the most damaging of addictive behaviors. Some of us have some things that are destroying our lives from the inside out. Nobody knows. It's your secret. That's why small groups are so important, everybody. Even if they're just on a Zoom call, you need to have somebody in your life who knows about the thing that you can't figure out how to go without it. Can you make it a week? Could you make it a week without it? Ask yourself this question. Is it leading you to even greater isolation? So you find yourself, I can't go without it, and I'm, now I'm pulling away. I'm pulling away from all of the meaningful relationships in my life. Maybe you're even pulling away from your relationship with the Lord. And you're getting more and more isolated and to the point where it's just you and, and that thing, whatever that thing is in your life. Do you, um, do you arrange your, your schedule around it? Might be dealing with some addiction. If I can't go a week without it, if it's pulling me into isolation and if it's now it's dictating what I do with my time and my life, 
That might be an addiction. Here's the, here's the big one. Are you trying to keep it a secret? And this is a big deal, because as you've heard us say around here, for a long time, you'll always be as sick as your secret. Like somebody needs to know. Somebody's got to know what it is you're struggling with. Somebody's got to be working with us to develop a plan to get healthier, to get better. So we, we deal with addiction, and, and I hope you'll just, I know it's a little uncomfortable maybe right now, but I hope you will just take the time right now to process through those questions. Can I go a week without? Is it pulling me into isolation? Is it, is it damaging my relationships? Is there a secret that I don't want anybody to know about? And that might be some addiction. There might be some addictive behavior in your life where sin is trying to reign over our bodies. Don't worry. There's good news at the end of all of this. I'm going to get you there. But let me show you the other way that, that sin wants to reign in our bodies. One is through addiction. Here's the next one. It's, it's a real bible churchy word. It's called debauchery. Debauchery. It is even just saying it kind of sounds bad, right? De- debauchery. It, <clears throat> here's what debauchery really is. It's just an ex- the extreme indulgence in, in sensuality or, or your senses. It's really what, it, so it's just the extreme indulgence in my senses. Doing whatever I want to do or I feel like doing to make myself feel good. Extreme indulgence in sensuality. That's, that's debauchery. And that's, that's exactly what Paul was talking about when he writes to the church at Ephesus. And he says, hey, don't get drunk on wine. This, is, this scripture is really not about the wine, which leads to debauchery. He's saying, hey, don't, don't get yourself at a place where you th- can't think clearly because when you can't think clearly, you can't th- see things the way they really are, what comes next is you're just going to give in to all your senses, it leads to debauchery. And when we give in to all of our senses, then God's not in control. Our feelings are in control. Instead, he's saying, hey, be filled with the Spirit, which leads to self-control. It's one of, the, one of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is to have self-control in our life. So we've got to watch out for the addictions. We've got to watch out for letting our senses take over debauchery. Here, here's, here's the third one, and this is probably going to be the most uncomfortable for us to talk about right now. Uh, some of you are going. Some of you are just going to mute the TV for about the next three minutes, but and I get it. I understand. But here's here's the other one, and this one. Every statistic would say during this quarantine, this shutdown, is going out of control. It's going berserk, and that is sexual immorality. Sexual immorality, and when you see, uh, especially when Paul writes about sexual immorality in the New Testament. One of the words that we see frequently is this Greek word, and here it is how we would pronounce it. It's the word pornea. And of course, you know, it's not hard to connect the dots, what word we're familiar with in our culture that comes from that. But when Paul writes it in the Greek here, what the word literally meant in the context, the way he shared it, was any, any kind of sexual activity outside of a God-honoring covenant marriage between a husband and a wife. This was God's plan for our intimate relationships and for our sexuality. And so uh, what happens is, is we, we start giving into our, our, our feelings and our urges and our temptations. And the, the statistics right now during this, this shutdown, it is off the charts how many people are clicking and scrolling and, and looking at 
I mean, it's, it's, it's off the charts, y'all. It's crazy. In fact, I, I even I heard somebody say this last week, um, a pastor who I was listening to shared that uh, a lot of the, the pornographic websites that are out there on the internet have, have because of the shutdown and the quarantine, started offering up their content uh, for free, their premium content for free. And so they're trying, li- literally what they're doing is they're trying to normalize this as a way of life. It's just, and it's, here, here, just, you know, and we indulge, and we, and then it becomes an addiction, and it becomes debauchery, and it's not what God wants for us. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 6.15. He says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? We're the body of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her? Y'all, this, this scripture is not about prostitution. Paul is simply using that as an example because it would have been the most common thing that he could connect this to in his time, in the context that he's writing to the church at Corinth. What he's really saying is, hey, would I take this part of the body of Christ and unite it to someone in an act that is outside of God's sovereign plan and God's sovereign will for my life. No, I don't want to because it makes me one with that person. For it is said, the two will become one flesh. Some of us are struggling with this right now. Some of us have been clicking on the website. And I, I hey, I, I, like I, this is part of my past. I get it. It's, it is very difficult to break free from. And there's so much shame and guilt associated with this. And what if, if anybody were to find out? What if somebody knows? I understand. But I'm just telling you, you need to bring it, you need to, bring it to God first. And then you need to find somebody to say, hey, yeah, I've been uniting myself with people I'm not supposed to unite myself to and, and in ways that I'm not supposed to. God's plan for our sexuality starts with a covenant relationship between husband and wife. That's what he wants for us. And I want to I pull the guilt and the shame off of that for some of you right now. Because some of you are going, well, hold on. Like, I didn't even know that. Or I've, been, this, this, I've, I've, had, I've had so many encounters, so many relationships in my past. And can I just tell you what's so awesome about Jesus is is when you step into relationship with him, he doesn't spend time going through a list of all the things that you're doing wrong right now or all the things that you did wrong before today. When, there, when we get into relationship with Jesus, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. So with, hey, listen, no guilt, no shame. Maybe a, little bit, maybe a little bit of conviction. If this is where you're stuck right now, maybe the Holy Spirit's using this to go, hey, wake up, let's get this figured out. But no guilt. No shame, today's a new day, today's a fresh start. His mercy and his grace are just as available to you today. They'll be just as available to you tomorrow. And that's all he wants, is where do we go from here? Let's, let's get ourselves aimed in the right direction. Let's get a little help from the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what we're gonna spend the rest of our time talking about today. And how do we get this body? How do we get this body back in shape? How do we, how do we make choices that honor God, how do I steward this body that he's given me 
to the best of my ability. It starts with remembering, Paul says, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. I, w- I would love it if some of us, were, wherever you're at right now, would just kind of remind ourselves that. I am not my own. I belong to Jesus. You were bought at a price, therefore, honor God with your body. So let's, let's figure out how do we do that. How do we, how do we honor God with our body? And it starts with just reminding ourselves of just that. That my body is the place where God dwells. It's the place where God dwells. Hey, y'all want to know why the church is doing just fine when we haven't been able to gather? I know it's hard on a lot of us. I know we'd rather be together. But you want to know why the gospel is still advancing? You want to know why we've had just as many people watching these messages week in and week out? And why we've seen, still seen people giving their lives to Jesus? Because this building where I'm taping this message right now, this is not God's house. I mean, we say that sometimes, welcome to God's house. You know, we say that because it's God's house once you're all in it. God's house is wherever you are. It's wherever I am. It's wherever a Christ follower goes. That's God's house. My body is the place where he dwells. His presence is with me everywhere that I go. And, you know, I need to do a better job of reminding myself that how I take care of this is how I'm taking care of God's house. It's God's house. I I want him to live in a nice house, not a beat up old house. I want him to like where he lives. Jesus in in Matthew chapter six, verse 22 says, hey, if if you wanna figure out how to get a beat on this, start with this, this little thing right here. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If we want to honor God with our bodies, can I tell you one of the great places you can start is to get control of where these go. Get control of where these go. Keep these focused on things that honor God. Keep these focused on things that will please God. When we're, when we're left to ourself and, and to our own senses and to our own desires, then, then our eyes are going to draw us to things that will feed those things. But, but when we've really surrendered control of our lives to Jesus, what he wants to do is he wants to draw our eyes away from ourselves and towards things that will honor him, like, like Serve Day coming up here on July 11th. Incredible opportunity to take your eyes off of the addiction, off of the things that would feed your senses, off of your own cravings, and go, let's go turn our eyes towards the need that someone else has. Let's go serve someone else, which by the way, if you're aware of a need, if, or if you want to participate in Serve Day in any way, shape, or form, go hit us up online, www.truelife.church forward slash serve team. This is kind of off the cuff that I'm sharing this here, so I don't have a slide for it. Maybe our guys will put a lower third across the screen right here uh, just to remind you of that. TrueLife.Church forward slash serve team. Let us know the, the serving. Go, help us see what you got your eyes on. There are opportunities that we can go serve and make a difference in somebody else's life.
We need to, because if we don't, Paul says, we're going to be dominated by our sinful nature. And when we're dominated by our sinful nature, we're going we're to just think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So let me give you an application for this. All right, if, if this is God's house, if this is the place where God lives, what do, I, what do I maybe need to do this week to, to help me get a better grip on things here? And, and here's what I would just encourage you to do is maybe there needs to be a season of detox. You know, you know some of us has been, we're on lockdown and so we're just binging Netflix all the time. Haven't, haven't picked up the Bible, haven't, haven't had a conversation with Jesus. And I'm, I'm not saying that to put guilt on you. It's just, it's just the reality of where we're at right now. It's very easy for those habits to fall to the wayside. I haven't done any of that stuff. Just been bringing a lot of other stuff in. And so I would encourage you, take a season of detox. Ask the Holy Spirit right now, what is there in my life that there's just too much of it? There's just too, that's what that debauchery is. The things that lead to debauchery aren't always bad things. It's just we get too much of them. So God, what, what is there too much of in my world right now? And then spend some time in a, just a season of detox. Get, get That's why we do that season of prayer and fasting at the beginning of every year. Some of us, as we come out of this new normal that we're living, as we come out of this quarantine, this lockdown, we need to go, you need to just go ahead and get yourself into a little bit of a, a detox. Get yourself realigned. Get reconnected with what God wants for your life. Here's the next one. I've got to remember that my body is where God lives, but my body also belongs to him. It's not mine. It's his. My body belongs to God. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, Paul says, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body. Offer it up as a living sacrifice. Thank you, Dream Team. Thank you for all of you who jumped on a call with us last week when we shared we're coming back and we're reopening. And just your enthusiasm to come plug in and serve. And, and some of you who've not even been to Life Track yet, and you've been saying, How, what can I do to help us meet again? I'll come clean. I'll come serve. I'll come be on a team. Thank you. Thank you for offering your body. I think God is looking down at his kids right now, and he's proud of those kinds of conversations. For offering our bodies as, as a living sacrifice, it's holy and pleasing to God, and that is our true and proper act of worship. So my body is the place that God dwells. So what I need to do is I probably need to clean it up. I need to detox some stuff. My body also belongs to God. Let me give you some application for that. I think that means I take some time and, and worship him. Worship. And just say, hey, God, this belongs, this belongs to you. You're so great and so wonderful and so awesome. Thank you for loving me. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. I'm just in awe of you. My, my life is yours. This, all of it, it belongs to you. It's not mine. Worship him. Here's the last one. We need to be reminded that our body was made to honor God. To honor God. That's why Paul says, I'm not going to let any part of my body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, I'm going to give myself to God. 
I'm, gonna give myself, I'm not going to give myself to another person. I'm not going to give myself to my addictions. I'm not going to give myself to my senses. No, no. I want to honor God with this body. I want to honor God with this life. And so I'm going I'm to give myself to God completely. And what will happen is when I give myself completely to God, he'll start rewiring the desires of my heart and my thinking. And he'll, he'll put something on me that we, we call a calling. Here's another word for it. Here's the application is you'll get some purpose. Purpose will actually keep us. It's the most powerful thing you have that will keep you from falling into a life where this body is in control and God's not. I want to show you a, a story that comes out of 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you a little backstory on it. That there's a guy in your Bible, his name is David, King David. Now, uh, King David is, is probably, out of all the Bible characters, probably one of the most well-known, one of the most famous. Uh, the Bible says that he was actually a, God, a, a man that, that was after God's own heart. That was his reputation. That was how God saw him, a man after his own heart. And that reputation actually came after and including David's largest mistake, his biggest fall, his, his biggest moment of sin. The Bible says that, watch this, in the spring at the time when kings go off to war. And I just want you to read that in, in your context now. We're, the kings don't go off to war here, but But the serve team goes off to serve day, right? The, the, the dream team goes off to serve. The, the missionary goes off to reach people. The evangelist goes out and the, the pastor, whatever it is for, whatever your calling is, there's a time and a place where your calling is supposed to be active. In the spring at the time when the kings go off to war, that's where David was supposed to be because he was the king. David sent somebody else Man, if we're not in touch with our purpose, you know what will happen is you'll get a case of the somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will handle it. Somebody else will serve. Somebody else will pray with them. Somebody else will care. David sent somebody else out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. But David remained where he wasn't supposed to be in Jerusalem. And what happens after this passage, I'm not going to read it to you today. What happens after this passage is King David, he's, he's hanging out at his palace. He's hang, he's, the, the men are out to fight and he, he's standing outside and he's surveying the city and he sees on top of one of the roofs a woman by the name of Bathsheba. And she's there bathing. So she's, un, she's undressed and, and David can see her and as the king, he takes advantage of his, his role and his position, and he sends someone. He says, go, go get that, that woman. Bring her to me. I want her for myself. And they tell him, hey, King David, that's, she's married. She's got a husband. Her husband's out fighting right now. And David says, I don't care. I want her for myself. Go get her. And the single greatest fall the single greatest sin of David's life happened because he abandoned his purpose. He wasn't where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. 
hey, you want to get this body back on track? Get reconnected to your purpose. There's, no, there's really nothing more powerful I could give you today than that. We're going to close. I want to ask you, wherever you're at, just to close your eyes for a moment. I want to ask you, how, how are you doing, really? Like, how are you really doing? How are you doing with the, the addiction? How are you doing with your, are your senses? Do they have a little bit too much control right now? How, how's, our, how's our morality level right now? Are you struggling? Has there been a moment maybe during this message where the Holy Spirit kind of whispered in your heart, hey, I'm trying to talk to you today. Maybe, maybe you've been trying to figure out all this stuff and you've been doing it without Jesus in the picture at all. Listen, I want to tell you, you can get a fresh start today. You can begin a relationship with him. Maybe, maybe you've had a relationship with Jesus, but you're just, you're just way off track right now. You're way off course. You're like the Apostle Paul who said, like, I love God. I don't want to sin, but I, can, I am. I'm sinning. I'm messing up. And I need a fresh start. I need a reset today. I want to invite both, both of you, those who, you say, man, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I need one. And those who would say, I have a relationship with Jesus, but I'm, man, I'm, I'm way off track right now. I need to get back. I need to, I need to recenter. I need to recommit. I need to have a fresh start today. Why don't you just pray this prayer right there? Just say, Jesus, today I'm repenting. I'm turning from how I've been living And I'm having a a moment of surrender with you today. I want you to be in control of my life. Take charge. You can have it. This, This body is where you live now. And it belongs to you. And I want to honor you with it. So God, I pray that you would help us. Every person who's just prayed that prayer right now. Lord, help us to get a sense of the calling and the purpose that you have over our lives. Help us to go live it out in our lives this week. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for joining us for Church Online today. Hope the message has challenged you and encouraged you. Don't forget, July 19th, we'll be back in person. Can't wait to see you then. We'll see you online again next week. God bless you.